A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy. Welcome to another special quarantine edition of the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, quarantine edition number three, guaranteed to be as good as numbers one and two. Well, well, of course. (laughs) Maybe even better. (laughs) Well, you know, if we keep this up, we're going to get really good at this long distance, you know, social distancing quarantine thing. (laughs) You know, there are some benefits. I have not been struck physically when I've said annoying things. Well, yes. You weren't kicked under the table. (laughs) I'm not kicked. I'm not glared at. There's a lot of a lot of physical damage that I'm not taking and a lot of emotional damage that I'm not sustaining uh-huh. because of this distancing. So, <laughs> right. you know, on one level, mm-hmm. I'm more mentally healthy than normally. Oh, sure. But let's not make any bold claims here because I don't know <laughs> yeah. what don't my know mental health level that. is like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. We're, now, we're trying to have fun today. We're not trying to have yes. fun because or or I guess we're trying to have fun in spite of the fact of what's going on. You know, it's not to downplay yeah. it, it, it. But no, it's a big deal. But everyone is getting a little antsy at this point. We're yeah, all there's... just a little bit sick of being inside or not being able to go places and do things. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can go for a walk, but. That's about it. So well, right, and I, I just you know I don't think anybody needs to hear the Repcolite Home Improvement Show team opine about no. the 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 state of affairs of the day. No, frankly, you know? I don't want to dwell on it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need know to that think we're... of something a little different than yeah. the state of affairs right now. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on yeah. other things, not because what's happening doesn't matter, and not because we're not concerned, and not because we don't care. But because right. we're sick of it and there's other things yeah. in this world to talk about. And so right. we're going to talk about those. And in fact, we've got two history topics that are going to focus on things that <laughs> happened during plagues. <laughs> plagues <laughs> right? and quarantines and epidemics. Yeah. So we're really, yes. <laughs> really stretching the boundaries here and getting away from the news of the day. But you know what? They're intriguing things because are. major things happened or came about because of in times home, like in this. home design. Right. It's one of the things that you want to talk about. That is really interesting. Yeah. Several right. components of our homes that are that way because of past right. issues, you know, plagues mm. and whatnot. Right. Right. And uh, I dug into one uh, where we're going to talk about some of the things that Isaac Newton discovered. Sadly, not Fig Newtons, which really have nothing to do with Isaac Newton. <laughs> I found no. Out. I was hoping. Yeah, Did you well. ever like those when you were little, Fig Newtons? Yes, you even know what I'm talking near, about. Oh, yes, because my brother was mm-hmm. the biggest Fig Newton fan. My grandma, before my brother would go to her, yep. her house, she would go and buy packages yeah. of Fig Newton. She bought him Fig Newtons for his birthday, I think. <laughs> yeah. Grandmas were like dealers. They would they would get yeah. us hooked on little Fig Newtons. I mean, they're uh-huh. absolutely the kind of cookie that no kid in their right mind would eat. So right. I don't know how grandmas, grandmas get us that first one. But I don't do? know. They were pretty yeah. yummy. 
I would go I through know. a bag. Anyway, they yeah. have nothing to do with Isaac Newton or anything that no. we're talking about today. <laughs> no, but they there's don't. a lot of things that Isaac Newton did. Good old Isaac, mm-hmm. when he was in quarantine. <laughs> We trust, yeah. trust us. We're going to make this light and fun. We're yes, also going to yes, talk about some, what is it, Betsy? Peel and stick wallpaper, I think is the yeah. official term. Yep. We've talked some about it before. That you can, yeah, there are some things you can do with it other than just putting it on your wall. I mean, everyone knows you can put it on your wall, but I've got some other ideas of some things you could use it for. So Yeah, your car, the exterior of your home. Not Betsy's gonna, quite. Not those things. Oh, those are I thought maybe ideas, you were not Betsy pulling ideas. out the... <laughs> Pulling out all the stops here. And then later, if we've got time, we don't know how it's all going to shake out. But if there's time, we're going to discuss a number of the really great questions we've gotten on our chat on the RepcoLite.com homepage. But right now, Betsy, let's get into some of the home design elements that came about. Things that we take for granted that we actually have because of past plagues and whatnot. Take it away, Betsy. Well, in researching all of this, I I came across a number of really interesting things. And the first thing that I came across was Hippocrates in 400 BC theorized that bad air and bad water were the cause of diseases. And he thought that fresh air and fresh water were essential for you to be healthy. Oh, he was the first guy saying, get outside, get some fresh air. Well, right. Drink that water, children. Well, the crazy thing is, um, a lot of the things, the home design elements that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. happen kind of in the late 19th century, early 20th century. And that's exactly the same time that this whole idea of fresh air as being the thing that was going to help you be healthy and was going to okay. solve all of these diseases. It mm-hmm. was kind of playing in our minds that, oh, this is how we get over this stuff. But he thought of it way before the 20th century. Right. Hippocrates, so. is he, he's got to yeah. be the, 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 well, the Hippocratic Oath has to come from that. There can't be too many Hippocrates out there. <laughs> he's the only Hippocrates I know of. <laughs> right. Well, I knew one in elementary school and third grade. Oh, really? Yeah, but I'm sure that was a different Hippocrates because he wasn't around in the 400s. <laughs> I'm guessing so. Um, so another yeah. really interesting thing that I came across is the word quarantine, which we use a lot nowadays. Yeah, I and used it 12 it, times just in the lead up to this show. Well, right. That's what I'm talking about. That word is actually rooted in the Latin word for 40 days. And it makes reference to the measures that were taken to stop the bubonic plague as it was spreading through Venice in the Middle Ages. So that's actually where the word came from. And then Mm -hmm. it was used, um, the black death ships that came in. Oh, those were fun to to be on. Those were fun. Well, which ship are you taking? Oh, this one. Oh, the black death ship. Well, it was fun until you got to port and you had to sit on the ship for 40 days before (laughs) you could disembark. (laughs) Yeah. 40 days sitting there waiting Uh to disembark while land is in sight. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully they had enough oranges or they were going to have the scurvy. (laughs) Right. Well, and then Apollo 11 astronauts, they were quarantined for 21 days when they came back to Earth. They were in an Airstream trailer for 21 days because there was concern that they might have brought back some bacteria or organisms that, you know, we didn't know how to deal with. And so we thought that we would just quarantine them in this little, you know, metal thing. They just come out of a capsule and now we're going to stick them in an Airstream trailer 
for 21 days. I should have looked this up, but what did they do that made them think that they had picked up some kind of space bacteria? Well, you just never know what they could have touched or... Right, but they don't quarantine every astronaut crew that comes... Or or are they the last ones that were on... Or they were on the moon? Yes, and maybe that is why... That may be why they were so concerned about it, because, you know, you don't know. I mean, if we send someone to Mars, it's going to be the same thing. You know, like, what are we bringing back that we don't know about? So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So quarantine, <laughs> All right. a fun word. It's been enjoyed quarantine. throughout the centuries. Yes. So moving on to some of the home elements that are the results of epidemics and things like that. Like I said, most of them take place in the late uh, 19th, early 20th century. And closets are actually one of the things that came out of a pandemic. Um, closets? Yes, because okay. before closets, I mean, closets go way back, you know, like even to the Middle Ages, there were closets, mm-hmm. but they were only for people who had a lot of money. So oh, yes. everyone else stored their things in a different way. And in boxes. for the most, well, boxes and armoires, you know, a giant piece of wood furniture that you can't move because it's so heavy. And oh, so yeah. it just, it sits there and it would collect dust and As it did that, people thought, well, I think that the dust is what passes along the germs, so we should get rid of these armoires and we'll put in closets because it's much easier to clean. We don't have a big piece of furniture that's collecting dust. Wow, they have not seen closets in my home. (laughs) They're not easier to clean. The children have turned them into... Yeah. Yeah. Like Theoretically, nests. at the time, they were easier to clean. Maybe not so much anymore, but gotcha. we've learned a lot since so, then. So less dust. We got rid of the dust. We got yeah. rid of this big, heavy thing. Right. Or we and moved it to another room and put a TV in it and then built a closet. <laughs> yes. Isn't that, isn't that crazy how that works? <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> we did kind of do that. Um, another thing that happened around the same time was bathrooms were modified because in like Victorian times, bathrooms were decorated like the rest of your house. So it could look like very much like your living room with carpet in the bathroom oh. and big heavy drapes and big wooden pieces of furniture like cabinets wow. and things like that. Right. Wow. And so it, people started A to library. Believe well, kind of. <laughs> Your bathroom was kind of like a library. Maybe that's why people say I'm going to sit in the library. Um, they say so that? People, I've never said I've, that. I've, I have heard people say that before. It <laughs> wow. is very disturbing. Maybe you run that's with a coarse crowd. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, so they thought that there might be uh, disease-causing microorganisms that were harbored in you know, the carpet on the floor and in the big heavy drapes. So they started to get away from those things and they actually started to put in like this is another thing white kitchen tiles or subway tiles as we quite often know them and linoleum because we started to figure out that this is how diseases spread they get Mm -hmm. caught in things and especially in hospitals you know they started to see oh hospitals why are they holding all these diseases well they couldn't tell when things were dirty so by putting in all of these white tiles it was instantly noticeable. Hey, there's some dirt over here. Hey, there's some grime. We should get it cleaned up. And those surfaces, honestly, wipe up and clean up better than things that are fabric. So that's wow. why we started so to put them in. 
So we can thank bathrooms without carpet and heavy draperies and great big furniture. We can thank plague-type fears of people trying to get rid of germs and stuff. And they replaced them with subway tiles and kind of a, a more nice, exactly. clean, streamlined look. Do you have more That's stuff? That's also why I do have more stuff. Then I'm going to put a big pause on the Betsy. And is that possible? Yes, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed I, like I had more power than me. perhaps I did. Yeah. <laughs> so if Betsy, you can hang with us over the break, we will pick this up on the other side. Absolutely. Because I got a whole lot more. All right. We'll be back in just a minute with Betsy and all the plague changes that have happened to our homes because of plagues. That's not a very good transition. <laughs> Everybody no. knows what I'm saying. Hey, I'm operating yes. under a lot of stress here. All right. I we'll know. be back in a minute. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And in the last segment, Betsy was talking about a number of changes in home design that came about because of plagues and issues with health concerns. And Betsy, mm-hmm. at the end of the last segment, you said you had tons of other stuff. So I yield the floor to you and your tons. Of other awesome. You know, stuff. Well, in talking about bathrooms, powder rooms, you know, it's some people call them powder rooms, some people call them half baths. Usually it's on your main level, and it's I call you know, mine a half bath somewhere. because I just cannot bring myself to say I'm heading to the powder room for a few minutes. <laughs> well, you know why it was called a powder room because originally back in the day when you wore a wig. They powdered their wigs, and so you went to this bathroom to powder your wig. Oh, it's not for powdering your face? No. Well, women then kind of oh, took, they took over it the over. term. What a surprise. Was, well, I'm sorry. it was the See, nice See, that would have gotten me punched before. Y- yes, yes, it would have. Just think of me doing it over the phone. <laughs> I do. I can feel it. <laughs> no, it's the nice way of excusing yourself. You say, I have to go powder my nose. And, you know, what do you really mean when you say of... that? Wait a minute. I'm confused. I thought it meant I'm really going in, to powder my nose. What no, are they in, meaning? Mixed, in mixed company, when you excuse yourself to go to the bathroom, you say, I have to go powder my nose. But really, they're going to just go to the bathroom? Yes, but it's the more whoa, polite whoa. way of saying it because you're not supposed to tell people that that's I what have, you're doing. Oh, I tell everybody all the time. I'm going to go make water. But <laughs> this powdering the nose thing, I have always wondered because I kept thinking, what? where are you getting the powder? What are you doing? And then I look and I don't notice anything different. Well, ah, of course not. That's the whole point grief. of powdering your nose. No one would ever know. If you do I just wish you'd use no air quotes know. when you say that. I'm going to go powder <laughs> my nose. Oh, they're going to the bathroom. <sighs> All right. So the powder room, that came about? Okay. How did that, why, why did that come about? Because of disease. Well, what does that have to do with disease? Well, because at that back when you got daily ice and cold deliveries, you had guys who were coming in and out delivering every day. Mm And they've been in other homes before they got to your home. And you don't know if they've been in a home where someone has a contagious sickness or disease. And so by putting a bathroom right near your front door, these guys could go and use that bathroom 
and wash their hands and, you know, use it if they had to. And they're not going through your entire house to go to your main bathroom, which could very potentially be on your second floor. So this was kind of the bathroom for that. Right. I'm sure those workers said, I'll be right out with your coal, miss. I'm going to just, you know, powder my nose a minute. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. that's what they did. <laughs> um, what else? One last, well, one last thing I really want to quickly talk about are sleeping porches. Usually they're found on Victorian homes, and they're the thing that quite often protrudes very awkwardly from the second or third floor. They look mm-hmm. like they've been added on and just don't quite fit with the look of the home. And right. those became popular because of the tuberculosis epidemic. And again, back to what Hippocrates said, we thought that fresh air and sunlight were the best known air quotes cures for tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. So people added on these porches so that you could sleep in the fresh air. You could spend time in the fresh air, but not be, you know, with all the bugs coming in quite often, they were screened in porches. Oh yeah. And so this allowed you to get out there. I mean, there were whole, you know, like cottage, you know, complexes that were made to get people out in the fresh air for this type of thing. And it became very popular, like down in the Southwest and they would build porches onto the backs of homes and they eventually became known as Arizona rooms. So if you have kind of a screened in porch on the back of your home, it's known as an Arizona room, which is kind of cool. And then, yeah. And then doctors, because they were saying that, you know, oh, all the fresh air and especially dry air are going to help combat all these illnesses. Real estate investors took advantage of this and they started marketing to people, hey, migrate west, go west, go out to Colorado because they have lots of sunshine and fresh air and drier Let's out there. Let's send everybody sick that way. <laughs> well, hold on. In 1872, almost a third of Colorado's population had tuberculosis because of that. Oh, man, there was a lot of coughing in that area, right? Yes. Can you imagine that? Yes. Yes. The whole, the very bad one. (laughs) The one that you really don't want to get. The one we get shots Uh, for now. Wow, Betsy. All of that happened because of disease. All these wonderful things that we have. Powder rooms, bathrooms with tile, closets. Yes, not carpet. Yes, closets. And these funny little screened in porches. (laughs) Well, when we come back, we're going to be talking about more things that we have because of disease. But this time, we can thank Isaac Newton, at least partly for it. Thank you, Isaac. Yeah, that's coming up just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. (laughs) 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 Disney's closed, but I'm still here with my Mickey Mouse voice. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Yeah, you thought I was going to start over, didn't you? I did because you, you figured, like paused for a really long time. I'm going, okay, yeah, I guess we're starting you, over. <laughs> you figured I wouldn't want to air that, but you know what? 
I'm going to air it because it's that's the way just how the cookie I am. crumbles. <laughs> right. It, this show is like an open book, an open window into the workings of my brain and how my oh. life works. So. Yeah. There are a lot of cobwebs to get stuck in in there. <laughs> it's like a horror show sometimes. Yes, sometimes it anyway, is. Yeah, this 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 episode we're kind of focusing on decorating and design. Normally we bring mm-hmm. in experts from around, you know, the DIY, the home improvement field, let's say, and mm-hmm. talk to them, but we decided this time we'd focus on all paint and decorating stuff. And we thought we'd try to make it as fun as possible and focus on some historical things because that's actually some of our favorite things when we dig into things and find out the the history of them and how they came to be. There's a lot of things Mm -hmm. to to learn, but it's also just so interesting to realize things we take for granted right now, you know, actually have their genesis in certain situations. In fact, Mm -hmm. the last two segments, if you missed it, Betsy talked about how the cause of disease and plague and stuff like that brought about home design. It changed the way we design homes, the way we mm-hmm. do things. And a lot of the things that we have right now in our homes came about because people were afraid of getting sick. It just changed right. everything. That's very interesting. Well, yeah. another thing that was a big change that came about because of a quarantine experience is a lot of the thoughts and theories and discoveries of Sir Isaac Newton Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know where I was going to go with that. Sir Isaac Newton says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, I think it does. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the whole story because the story is really interesting. And a lot of you maybe have read uh, a number of... Uh, in fact, what are, what else are we doing right now? There's a, right. an article I was reading the other day that said everybody is online. I know that because my mm-hmm. internet is slow. It's very tough for me to <laughs> yes. get my Amazon Prime videos to load in a timely uh-huh. manner. It's because everybody else is watching those things. So anyway, if you've been on the internet, you've probably run across a couple of stories that talked about how Isaac Newton made the most of his years of quarantine and came up with every brilliant idea he ever had in that Mm -hmm. single year. And if you're like me, you kind of feel a little bad about that because maybe (laughs) all you've managed to do is organize the silverware drawer. Uh Because that's where I'm at. I have not discovered a lot of great things. The good news is those I I do, but the good news is those stories are a little overblown. You know, what we've been reading isn't quite accurate. So we're gonna set the record straight. But let's get to the story for everybody who doesn't know. April sixteen sixty five. It was a really bad April because that's when the plague broke out in London. It was mm-hmm. the great plague, all right? Not because it was great, not because it was awesome, and not because it was the worst plague ever. It was just the last widespread outbreak of bubonic plague in England. So they called right. it the great plague. You know? Yep. I don't know why. I don't get to name things. I wish I did. Just anyway, because whole, it went so far. It went so far. The great plague started yes. in the poorer areas and it spread. And of course, people mm. like today, like you were mentioning in the last segment, they fled the populated well, yeah. areas to areas mm-hmm. where there were less people hoping to get away from it. But of course, right. it spread. By summer right. of 1665, it reaches Cambridge. So Cambridge University... Basically, what we just all did right now, they closed and they Mm -hmm. sent their students home. Now, one particular student, Isaac Newton, headed to his family estate, Woolsthorpe Manor. All right. He Mm -hmm. had just graduated. So 1665, he graduates with a bachelor's degree and heads home to get away from the plague. Now, if you're not familiar with Isaac Newton... Well, I can't explain a whole lot because the more I read, the more confused I got because the, the articles would talk about all the theories and, and uh-huh. the math behind it. And I would track with it right. for a while. 
and then I'd get lost and I'd feel mm-hmm. kind of stupid. So I'd go to the next article. Finally, I found one that was written for children, <laughs> and that one made sense. That one got you. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, briefly, over the course of his life, he created the foundation mm-hmm. of classical physics. All right. Right. He gave us the three laws of motion. He gave us the law of universal gravitation. He helped us better understand planetary motion. Right. Mm-hmm. And he yep. invented the reflecting telescope amongst other things. All right? right. So that's Isaac Newton in a nutshell. But at mm-hmm. 1665, at the point of the plague, he was just in his 20s, just graduated right. from college. And yep. like me, you know, Isaac and I were kind of like, almost like peers in this sense. He was an introvert because oh, that's how I am. Well, so yeah. I'm a lot like Isaac Newton in a lot of ways. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. Uh-huh. So okay. being naturally introverted, introverted, he really found the quarantine quite quite wonderful. <laughs> he had space well, and yeah. time yeah, uh-huh. to explore and to do everything that he wanted to do. Well, you know, observe the world, develop his theories, and he had no distractions. Mm-hmm. So while right. other college students of the day, what do you think college students of the day did back in 1665? I have no idea. Well, they probably had, you know, big estates that they went to. So you could go horseback riding and things like that. Venture on your properties. Oh, that's much, much, much better than what I was thinking. I was thinking toga parties (laughs) and things like that. But anyway, while Uh, they're riding horses on their estates, he's going to work, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the time of his quarantine from the plague is often called the wonder year. You know, his miracle year, his wonder year. And he even calls that himself because one of the things he, while being introverted, he did not have any problems with self-esteem. He had a (laughs) lot of self-esteem. Much like you. (laughs) No, see, this is where we part paths. Oh, that's the only place, huh? Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Isaac. Not not quite as humble as I am. Uh According to common accounts, you know, when we really dig into, you know, the... The folklore about it, because mm-hmm. I guess you would yeah, call it yeah. almost folklore. You know, the accepted yeah, traditions. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. We think of this. We see him, you know, sitting on his farm, and he gets struck mm-hmm. on the head by an apple. We've all heard that story. Yes. We've probably right. all seen the, oh, what were those things that played on Saturday mornings? The, oh, I can't think yeah, of it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, little the learning things. things. Yeah. yeah. And there'd be a little rock song and there'd be yeah. some learning that would happen. But anyway, yep. there would be an apple that falls on his head and he works out the right. law of gravity just in a flash. He right. invented calculus. He figured out all of these things. And all of this is said to have happened in this year. In fact, Newton himself propagated mm-hmm. that idea. And it's right. really interesting when you dig into it because... He was telling all his peers, he didn't write a lot of this stuff until about 30 years later. It's when right. he finally put this stuff out there. Uh-huh. And then he said, oh, yeah, I, I, I invented that way back during those right. plague years, during my wonder year. Uh-huh. And when scholars go back and look at his notebook from that year, it turns out he wasn't being exactly honest. <laughs> he kind of right. stretched it a little bit. It looks like his brilliant insights, first off, came over the course of two to three years, not just that one Mm -hmm. year. So we could call it his wonder years. And it's also something important to note that a lot of his thoughts at that point, according to his books, were a little more immature than the more robust theories that he developed 30 years later. So that doesn't take away from the fact that the man 
really went to town on this mm-hmm. quarantine year. But we do need to right. be understanding and fair and acknowledge the fact that that was a year or those years were times when he'd started to develop these theories. He didn't just completely dream right. up the whole thing out of whole yeah. cloth. Right. Anyway, like I said, they were still amazing. And one of his discoveries, let's just get to that. Mm-hmm. You know, all the things that he went through and came up with in this year and a half-ish kind of time span. And really, let's get to why it matters to this show. Mm-hmm. One of the discoveries was in the field of optics. And yep. its impact on the world of decorating and painting is really, really profound. And I didn't know about any of this until I started digging into it. See, by mm-hmm. 1665, the technology of optics was already really well developed. There were microscopes, there were tele- telescopes, uh, the refraction of sunlight into colors by a prism. You know, you shine light into a prism and mm-hmm. you get a rainbow. That had already right. been observed, but it wasn't understood. The thought at the time was that pure white light would be contaminated or changed by the prism. And that's how you got the different colors, okay? Yeah. Well, Newton had different ideas. He thought Mm -hmm. that actually the white light was a mixture of all lights. That was his theory that he started to postulate. And Mm -hmm. he decided that when it was run through a prism, it was just separated into its component parts. Well, anyway, to prove it, he creates this experiment in his room where he bores a tiny hole in a shutter. So he gets a pencil-thick shaft of light entering the room. He hangs Mm. a prism in its path which other people had done before, and he produces a spectrum on the opposite wall. The spectrum, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet, Roy Mm -hmm. G. Biv. Roy G. Biv. (laughs) Yeah, we've all heard that. Ends up on the wall. Well, he Mm -hmm. changes the experiment slightly and puts a second prism in its path and finds that by combining red, blue, and green, he can recreate the white light. So that proved his theory. Mm-hmm. That the light wasn't being changed by the prism. It was just being separated. And he also right. decided to call the, that those three colors, red, green, and blue. What do you think he called those, Betsy? Being well, a color person. I would guess primary colors. You would guess correctly. If you were on a game show, you would have won something. <laughs> so he calls those primary colors. And then when any of those two colors were combined, he created other colors. And he called those for the grand prize. Secondary colors. Secondary colors. Betsy, you're really good at this game. So anyway, he develops this theory that from the primary colors, all other colors are derived. Now, that's Mm -hmm. not entirely accurate, but it influences the color wheels and the color systems that we still use today. So think about that. The concepts behind all of the color systems that we use to find all the colors that we want to put in our homes, the systems or the the color themes that work well together, all of that stems from his ideas that he developed in quarantine from the plague. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. It is. And that's just the beginning. I don't have time to go into depth on everything else. But he did develop the fundamentals of calculus. He did figure out the laws of motion. And this is really important. While sitting Mm -hmm. in his garden having tea, he watched an apple fall. It didn't land on his head, but he saw it fall. And according to friends who were there and wrote about it later, he was struck by the fact that the apple fell straight down. Not perpendicular, not at an angle, but straight down. And from that, he began to formulate the basics behind his universal law of gravitation. Now, as I said, many of those ideas were in their infancy at that time, but still, that year was pretty amazing. From 1665 to 1666, while England is ravaged by the Great Plague, Newton is using his time in quarantine to push scientific thought further than it had been pushed in a century. 
Right. And I would like, yes. And I would like to point out because I am sure that there will be emails that when you say the thing about the primary colors Mm -hmm. being red, blue, and green for Mm -hmm. Isaac, those for light, that is correct. The primary colors are red, blue, and green. When it comes to paint colors and things like that, the primary colors are red, blue, and yellow. Yeah, so, so please direct your because because we're I gonna get that. emails about that. I know. <laughs> Were you sitting there thinking that I was a, a dope? Well, I had to study it, and then no, I'm like, oh, because on. they're talking. No, because they're talking about light, and that is the way light works. It works yes. slightly differently than mixing pink colors and crayon colors and things like that. So I appreciate you bailing me out there and carrying my water for me. I am just making sure that you don't get hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing what you can to prevent the hate mail. Yes, I am. But I don't I think we can stop the flow. <laughs> There's no way to staunch yeah, that. True. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to be talking about Betsy's little idea about peel and stick wallpaper. That's just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And here we go, Betsy. One more segment and quarantine episode number three, special edition of the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, will be in the books and Yay. online for people to listen to and enjoy for decades to come. If the right. government allows us to enjoy it, we'll, we'll see. Will. <laughs> we'll see. You just, you might enjoy it because you can't ever leave again. Yeah, who knows? It's starting to feel a little bit like that. I'm starting I know. to wonder. <laughs> but let's get to your topic because what we wanted to talk about in this last segment is I think one of the coolest things that I think's hit the home decorating industry in a long time, at least in terms of wallpaper. Yeah. Peel and stick wallpaper is very rapidly becoming wicked popular. I mean, you see it everywhere. You hear people talking about it. And it's really a great alternative to the traditional wallpaper that, you know, it takes a little bit to put it up because you have paste involved and you have to properly prep the wall. And, um, you know, you just have all these little details. And then taking it Right. And taking it yeah. down. Everybody is absolutely mortified right. at the concept of taking their paper right. down. And but this stuff yeah, this is gr- comes down easily. Well, yeah, because it's like a giant sticker, but it's not the giant kind of sticker that's going to pull the paint off your walls and pull the sheetrock down and all of that stuff. It's mildly <laughs> sticky so that it will pull off easily, but it's just enough sticky that it stays up there. So it's kind of the happy medium. Yeah, it's so cool. It, full sheets of it. Yeah. It can be applied. Lots of different patterns. The patterns are very cool. And generally mm-hmm. speaking, it seems to price out almost a little bit, little bit less than standard wallpaper. Yeah, a little bit, uh, depending on what type of standard wallpaper you are going with. Sometimes it can be mm-hmm. quite a bit less. And, you know, it's a vinyl, so you can use it in those areas where there might be a little bit of moisture or a little bit of water that gets on it. That's okay. It's not going to mm-hmm. ruin the wallpaper. So that's another benefit to it. So really cool. You can check out. We've got some books in our stores. Yeah. We're going to try to put some of the samples online in our show 
notes mm-hmm. so you can check them out and take a look at them because we know nobody can get into the stores right now with the way things are. But right. let's talk about some of the different places you could use this because you had some ideas. Of course, we could put them on a wall in a room right. or an accent wall. Mm-hmm. But what other things could we do with it? A great place to use it is in the backs of bookcases. We've talked before about painting the backs of bookcases just to kind of give them a mm-hmm. little pop of color. Why not put a pattern back there? And with something so easy as peel and stick, it really makes it a great project and it's going to go really quickly. So you can get that space back to use and get the books off your floor or wherever you put them while you're (laughs) putting something back there. So um, it's fantastic for that. Uh, Putting it on a dresser, on the faces of a dresser, potentially even a nightstand right on those drawers it just adds a little mm-hmm. bit of interest. You know, you can paint the rest of the dresser, paint the frame, but then put this on the drawers. You can even put it on the sides of the drawers. So when you pull out the drawers, that's when you see the paper. It's just that little spark of interest. Another really cool place to use it is in a quirky architectural feature. You know, I know some older homes have some really unique areas just because the house is older. I I think of phone nooks back when everybody had a landline and there was an actual nook where your phone went. Mm -hmm. Put some in there. Highlight those architectural features that are very unique to your home. Draw people's eye to them. And, you know, sometimes it becomes a conversation piece and you don't even know it. So that's a really cool place to use it. Yeah, you could say that's peel and stick wallpaper. Stop picking at it. Exactly. The other thing that I happened to see while I was searching around was covering appliances with them. You know, if you have some really old, like those avocado green or that really hideous gold color appliance, put some peel and stick wallpaper over it. At least, you know, it's going to get you by if the fridge still runs okay, but the look is, you know, a little less than desirable. Go ahead, cover it up. You can pull it down when you get sick of it. <laughs> and you'll have enough to redo it a couple of times with just right. a roll, I would think. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Now, there are a bunch of bad ideas out there, as there usually are. We've seen a few of them. Countertops, not the place to use no. this on. Tabletops, not the place to use it no. on. Surprise, surprise, floors. Yeah. Probably not the way to go. You want that nice tiled floor instead of carpet? <laughs> just throw some peel and stick over the carpet, right? Oh, such no. a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah, not even on a wood floor. It's not going to hold up. Anyway, there are a lot of cool ideas online. We've got them in our show notes. You can head to RepcoLite.com. And while you're there, check out the inspirations page. Betsy's got these photos that she's taken. She's linked them up with Benjamin Moore colors. She's written a little poemy-like thing to go with each one. They're really cool. They are. They're very cool. Why, thank you. You got to check those out. Give you some color ideas. Get you moving in the right direction. We're selling gift cards online for 15% off. You can find that all there. And of course, Keep checking our website for the latest in regards to the COVID-19 situation and what RepcoLite is doing, when we're going to be open again, how things are working. You can get all of the up-to-date information online at RepcoLite.com. Check it out. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And despite... All the crazy stuff going on out there, all the scary stuff, all the anxiety-inducing news, the history that we're living through that we really don't want to live through. Despite all of that, let's remember this weekend is Easter, and that means something. Stay safe, and thanks for listening. 